We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Sheriff Arthur Schley of the nearby town of Plainfield was looking into the disappearance of Bernice Warden, a 58-year-old store owner. He arrived at a farmhouse, thanks to information from her shop, a receipt discovered on the ground next to a trail of blood, and a missing cash register. The 51-year-old owner of the farmland wasn't there, but Sheriff Schley had a warrant to examine the property. As he walked through the trash in the darkened kitchen, he brushed into something hanging from the ceiling. It was a nude, gutted human corpse that was suspended upside down from a ceiling beam. Although gagging at the side of it, Mr. Schley refrained from puking. The authorities discovered Miss Warden's head in a burlap bag in another area of the house, and the corpse was shown to be her newly gutted remains. The entire night and the following day, detectives searched the house, and what they discovered was a shocking new low in American criminal history. Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Horror House. It's Dom. And Amy. And we are so very, very happy that you are here with us today and that you have chosen to listen to our little, little podcast. As as you know, you have many options in podcasting and we are very glad that you have decided to choose us on this fine Friday. Amy, how are you doing, my lovely? I am very, very well. I'm good. I'm very excited because we were chatting beforehand and you were like, I think you're going to guess this from the intro. And I, and I'm very excited. So I, I thought that like you would get it. I didn't realize that within six words, you would have, you would have picked it up. As soon I, I know, was... I know the reason he was caught and I know as, as in the person. Um, so I knew that name, but I also knew where it happened. So as soon as you said, Plainfield. I was like, Plainfield. Yeah. Boom. I know who we're talking about. <laughs> was there any other people that you thought, or was that the one person that you had in mind, or was there anyone else that you had in mind? No, I didn't. So the only, we should give this some context, the only clue that you gave me prior to recording was that this guy was the inspiration for Norman Bates in Psycho. And when you said there was only this person, we still haven't said it. So it was the only this person that sprang to mind. I know. But I also thought, do you know what, if it's someone else, then I'd be really interested to learn about them as well, because, you know, who else could it be? But this person, I am I know a little bit about, but not enough about, but he's inspired yeah. so many, I say inspired, that's probably the wrong, not, it's not inspirational what he did, but um, <laughs> like he's done, his crimes have inspired so many of the movies that I love. That it's difficult for me not to get excited by talking about this person. Be an inspiration like this man. <laughs> yeah, live your dream. <laughs> make your mum proud. Um, make your mum proud. So uh, before we get into, into this episode, I know that we haven't said who it is yet, but I'm purposefully not revealing that just yet. Just yet. We've got some housekeeping to get through before. There are a few ways that you can support our show financially one of those ways 
is the buy me a coffee link i know we never talk about it we never plug it it's it's a mystery it's out there in the ether nobody is aware of it um, what the hell are you, you talking about Don? <laughs> i'm talking about the buy us a coffee link amy did you not know about it oh my goodness what the me. fuck is that i've never heard of it we have never mentioned it I know, right? We talk about the buy me a tea link, but we never talk about the buy me a coffee. Yeah. Do tell me more. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Uh, so buy me a coffee is a great little way that you can support our show. It's kind of similar to Patreon. However, it differs because buy me a coffee, with buy me a coffee, there isn't a monthly subscription. It is a one-time donation that you can send us in the form of coffee. So it's fun. Um, you can buy us one coffee, you can buy us two coffees, you can buy us three coffees. If you want us to get absolutely wired and you're being very generous, you can even buy us 10 coffees or 20 coffees. No pressure. But Amy loves coffee, so I'm sure 10 coffees would delight her and make her It day. would last me literally two whole hours. Two hours? That's generous. That is generous. I can space them out. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's a great way to support us. It's a great way to... Uh, support us financially like I said it's a one-time donation so you don't have to worry about a monthly subscription coming out of your bank account and you know you look at your online banking in six months time and you're like who the why am I giving these people five pounds a month what's going on Uh, you do your one-time donation and you're like cool I'll leave them a nice little note as well you can leave us a sweet little message the link will be in the show notes and it will be in the Instagram bio as well also little side note i've just noticed how strained i sound like i sound awful through my headphones oh all my days but yes please buy us a coffee make amy happy i prefer tea but it it would also make me happy in addition to the buy me a coffee link there is another way that you can support you can support our show with a certain little store that we have amy would you like to tell the lovely people about this little store that we currently have i'd love to um, you do sound a little bit strained. Thank you for putting your voice on the line to entertain the people That's and okay. to, you know, to, to help me do this. It's, in the name of content, I will sacrifice your voice. <laughs> Mine's fine. I'll sacrifice yours, though. That's not an issue. I would love to tell you about the store. Pay you listening to this right now. Probably having some sort of snack. Perhaps you're on a machine at the gym. Perhaps you're... I don't know, swimming in the River Thames. Don't do that. If you are doing don't get filthy. But if you are yeah, and you're listening to this podcast, number one, don't get your headphones wet. And number two, you look like you need a new hoodie or a T-shirt yeah. or a beanie or a phone case. And you know what? Seeing as you're listening to this podcast, you should probably think about combining the two and putting our branding on your clothing. It would really help us out. We get a little bit of, you know, love for it. You advertise us because we're worth advertising. Tell your friend in the form of subliminal advertising through your clothing. We would appreciate that. Visit our merch store. Um, the link is probably going to be in the show notes. Don will confirm that. If not, just yes. you know, ask us. We'll, we'll send it to you. It's not a problem. We'll send it to you. We can give you the information. All you have to do is ask. So please do. It's a great way to support us. And we we really need the support because we love doing this and we love you. So tell us you love us back by buying a hoodie. Perhaps. That was a ramble, Absolutely. wasn't it? What the fuck Very... was I going on about there? That was beautiful. That, that brought a tear to my eye. 
I also, by how bad it was. I also love <laughs> it was tears of pain. It wasn't tears of joy. Literally um, got halfway through and was like, fucking <laughs> I've got to edit this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, surprise, I'm not editing this week's episode. Uh, that is going to be my co-host job. Woo! <laughs> I love how you like subliminally advertise our podcast and it's i can just picture someone on the street being like oh i love your hoodie like who, who's who's it from what's it about and they just turn around and they're like oh you mean the massive horror house logo on the back <laughs> maybe subliminal wasn't the right word actually what's going to happen is you're going to be approached on the street and someone will say oh i love your hoodie um what is that podcast tell me about the podcast You'll tell them about the podcast, and while you're telling them about the podcast, you'll secretly go, buy a Diet Coke. And that will be the subliminal part. <laughs> we, you know what? Man's just like... We get enough advertised. Don't worry about us. We can advertise ourselves. We put enough out on social media. But Diet Coke, quite frankly... Yeah, we do. Their advertising <laughs> campaign is subpar. Give them a little help in hand. Do them a favor. Slip that in when yeah. someone asks you about your <laughs> The, the pretty big Coca-Cola company needs help. Our humble little podcast is absolutely fine. Absolutely. Don't worry about us. We'll be fine. Uh, we'll be surviving off the multiple coffees that you've sent us. Hey, you see what I did there? Yes, that was, that was, that was nice. That was nice. We'll be Subtle. surviving off the coffee where, all right, advertising-wise, we've got Meme Monday, and that, that bangs, let's be honest. <laughs> to be fair, the meme that we sent so, this week is on fire. People are loving it. I can't remember. Oh, God, How could don't I not say you remember can't remember. That? I'm the one who fucking posted. Um, exactly. It's, it's the, it's it the, the Hellraiser, Hellraiser one. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you don't know what we're talking I, about, I go to our that. Instagram, have a look. So Reddit, there's like a subreddit, horror memes, and they have some fantastic memes on there, which, which are great for Meme Monday. And I came across that one, and I was like, that's fucking perfect. It's a great one. Uh, they it have really, some good it, ones. Yeah. So we... Still haven't revealed who we're talking no. about yet. <laughs> We've been rambling on for nearly 13 minutes of this recording. This week, I, I'm, I'm taking a, a bit of a different stance. So I've always resisted talking about the big serial killers. Um, you know, there's a reason why I haven't talked about Bundy yet. There's a reason why I haven't talked about Ramirez yet or Kemper, because who hasn't talked about those guys? But I was like, you know what, Dom, do a well-known name. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to have to talk about the Butcher of Plainfield. If you haven't guessed, it is Mr. Ed Gein. So, Amy, are you ready to talk about the epicenter of mummy issues, Mr. Ed Gein? I'm so ready, Dom. Quite frankly, I've never been more ready for anything in my life. <laughs> Good. So, how does a child evolve into Eddie Gein? Well, as I said, a truckload of mummy issues among other things, but a truckload of mummy issues. Um, and many hints can be gleaned from a detailed examination of his early years and household. So, Augusta and George Gein welcomed Edward Theodore Gein into the world on August the 27th, 1906, in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Eddie was the second uh, of the couple's two sons. Henry was the first child and was seven years the elder. The Fervently pious Augusta was committed to raising the boys in accordance with her high moral standards. Augusta lived in a world where sinners abounded and she constantly reinforced biblical principles in her boys. She continually forbade her sons from having sexual impulses out of concern that they would be sent to hell 
warning them about the immorality and looseness of women. Can you see where the issues might be stemming from? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I'm not sure how you monitor sexual impulses. I don't like. I mean, obviously, (laughs) there's an obvious one. You know, if you're pitching a tent, then yeah, fair enough. It's pretty obvious. No, that's true. But if you're just having a little think about, you know, some boobies, how does your mum know? It's it's just she's made it very difficult to police. She she has, like like you say, the only way that I could think of how you could police that is is if like Eddie is just sitting on the couch with the biggest rager, and Augustus like. Ten Hail Marys, get me the ruler. I'm going to slap your hand with it. Like that's that's the whip in the dick. I could think of. It's not <laughs> whip in the dick. Nice. I mean, hiding bone. I mean, I do, yeah, personally like... don't have this issue, but hiding boners is hard enough without having to worry about what your mum thinks when you get one. Well, listeners, you're in for <laughs> you a heard it here for a shock. Amy does actually have that issue. I'm joking. <laughs> God damn it, Dom! How many times have I told you not to tell people it's about huge. my secret go... penis? My penis. She has to tuck it into a sock. It's huge. <laughs> Swings around like a fucking hammer. It's it's, it's impressive. <laughs> Just to clarify, <laughs> listeners, I don't have a penis. I have a fully functioning vagina. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with having a penis before anyone, you know, goes mental, goes all keyboard warrior in the comments. Nothing wrong with having a penis. I just don't have one. Just to clarify. <laughs> The parenting of the boys was done without input from George, uh, who was seen as a weak man, and also he was an alcoholic. In reality, Augusta would hate George and considered him to be a worthless being who was unfit to support himself, let alone take care of their children. So she decided to take responsibility for both the family's financial well-being and the children's upbringing in accordance with her ideals. Uh, she started a grocery store in La Crosse the year Eddie was born, and it made enough money to comfortably maintain the family. She put in a lot of effort and saved money to enable the family to relocate to a more rural area, far away from what she saw as the immorality of the city and the sinners that called it home. They relocated to Plainfield, Wisconsin in 1914, where they bought a 135-acre farm that was far away from any negative forces that may have harmed her family. In fact, the distance to the nearest neighbour was over a quarter of a mile. She was like, you know what? Fuck you, neighbours. I'm getting my farm and I don't want to be anywhere near you because you're all sinners and you're going to send Eddie to hell because of his raging boners and other bad stuff. I mean, I'm nice. Surely she's <laughs> she's okay with that. Like, she, she don't like boners. She's anti-boner. So... She's okay with that side of it. She just doesn't like people. So, yeah, I kind of I kind of yeah, get that. Yeah, she doesn't. Not the anti-boner I mean... bit. I'm very pro-boner. But the bit, <laughs> the not liking people bit, I, I, get, I understand that. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I get it. I would probably do the same, um, to be honest. And that's only because I don't like people. I'm not a, a raging fucking biblo, biblophile who thinks that everyone is a sinner and thinks that sexual thoughts are immoral and whatever else Augusta's got going on here. You are uh, so, also famously although pro boner. Yes, I am also famously pro boner. Um, pro boners for the win. <laughs> A boner pro. <laughs> so although Augusta worked hard to shield her sons from the outside world, she was unable to completely succeed because obviously the boys would have to go to school. Um, Eddie was ignored by his classmates because he was seen as timid 
and effeminate. Uh, he didn't have any friends, and when he tried to find any friends, uh, Augusta would reprimand him. Eddie was saddened by his mother's objection to having friends, but here is the uh, the inspiration for Norman Bates' bit. He regarded Augusta as the height of virtue and did his best to abide by her strict instructions. I, I, I don't know why he sees her as the height of virtue, but okay. Well, I don't know. I suppose... If you love your mum. If she's telling him that, oh, well, this is what God wants, and he also believes in God, then I guess she would be the height of it. But also, I find it really difficult to understand why any mother or parent wouldn't want their child to have friends. Yeah, that's... That's a tough sell, isn't it? That's quite tough, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit weird. Even Jesus had friends. Like, reprimanded. Exactly, exactly. Turned out that one of them wasn't like... Yeah, one of them was a massive dickhead, but, you know... One out of 13 ain't bad. <laughs> One out of 13. You've got to play the odds in the old friend game. You're doing well if you have 13 friends and only one of them turns out that he wants to kill you. Exactly. You know, at least give him a chance. <laughs> there was no way he was going to get to 13 anyway. You know, at least let no, him have a That's true. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, it is mad that, like, I just can't imagine, like, my mum being like, Dom, you have friends? No, no, <laughs> that's... No, that's not, no, not, no, not going to do, not going to do. You're grounded. You can never see these friends. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's just a bit strange. It also makes me think of, like, there was always, this isn't going to be massively politically correct, so apologies in advance. But there was always that one kid in school that was just, like, a little bit weird and didn't really have any friends, mm-hmm. probably smelt a little bit. Mm-hmm. Generally, that was the rule. Mm-hmm. But a bit of a loner, didn't want to hang out with people. I always wonder now, now that I'm older and I obviously, you know, research a lot of serial killers and talk about them a lot, it's always that kid that's got no mate. So if, I have no idea why you would be in school and listen to this podcast, but if you are, number one, get parents' permission. And number two, if you are and you know the kid that I'm talking about, you're sitting there thinking, oh yeah, there is that kid that's really weird and smells a bit and has got no mate. Go and make friends with him. Or her, might be a her, whoever. Go and make friends with them because the chances are you'll stop them from being a serial killer when they're older. We're saving lives here. We are. That's a, that's, that's a PSA. Um, but it, it's true. Like As the saying goes, you should always be wary of the quiet ones. Make because, friends with a weirdo. That's yeah. my motto. Make friends with How do you think me and Dom became um, friends? Hey. <laughs> 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 I don't even know if I should take that as an insult or not. Ah, uh, no one wants to be normal. That's all good. That is that is very true. Eddie admired his brother, Henry, and thought of him as a man of integrity who worked uh, hard. They took on a variety of odd jobs to help maintain the farm and support their mother after their father would pass away in 1940. Um, Eddie tried to emulate his brother's work habits, and they were both considered uh, by townspeople to, be, townspeople to be reliable and trustworthy. Eddie, if you haven't picked up yet, had... It's fair to say unhealthy relationship with his mother, and it was something that would concern his older brother Henry. Uh, Eddie was surprised when Henry publicly ins- publicly insulted their mother on multiple occasions. Ooh, don't do that around Eddie. Ooh, that's not going to go down well. That's a bad idea. Eddie, uh, as I said, thought his mother was the epitome of goodness and was humiliated that his brother did not share the same opinion. These events and this line of thinking may may have been the cause of Henry's rather sudden 
and rather, pu- rather puzzling death in 1944. Ooh, mm. ooh, ooh. Just dropping that little. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, you know, I'm gonna put out a question. I'm, I, you know, that the reason you brought me on board to this podcast on was to ask the important question. So here comes the important question: Do you reckon he fucked his mum? Uh, I feel like maybe he I did. Mean, I don't want to believe that he did, but I also kind of think probably did. It wouldn't surprise me if he did, because like the spoiler alert for later on in the episode he does say that he never had sex with any of the bodies but do i believe there's gonna that? be bodies what are you talking about this has a killer what a shock <laughs> turn off the episode now the cat's out the bag i thought this podcast this was about famous people. comedians ed Gein comet can you imagine <laughs> i thought the story was gonna be got fingered by his mum, became funny that's how i thought this was gonna go <laughs> you've just ruined it i think he may have done the he may have been doing the finger banging, to be honest. It might have been the other way oh, around. Oh, there were fingers everywhere. Um, you know that this is a weird relationship was, between a kid and a Fingers a lot. I, I would probably say that there's a high chance that he did something with his mum. Like, whether that was all the way, whether he, I don't know. Something happened, like, with Augusta, surely. Surely something this happened conversation. <laughs> I'm sorry I asked. I mean, it's a, it's a fair question. I, I don't know. I just though. feel like you don't become that obsessed with someone unless sex is involved. So maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he did. Oh, oh no. Uh, and plus, he's already pretty obsessed with his boners anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> At the very least, there were some feelings that were that were very much beyond mother-son relationship. At the, like at minimal. Yeah. That feeling being horny, which should never come into that relationship. Yeah. You know, Eddie just wanted a bit of his mum. <laughs> okay, I immediately regret my choices in, in asking this question. Some questions shouldn't be asked. I'm sorry. Maybe I should have just kept that one to myself. Oh dear. Um, so Eddie and Henry were putting out a bushfire on May the 16th. Um, not Augusta's bushfire. Uh, that was perilously <laughs> near Immediately started laughing as he said bushfire. I know, I heard you in my headphones. That's what I was like. I'm so That's sorry. That's why I did the joke. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, dear. I knew that would get you as soon yeah. as I said. <laughs> All you have to do is say the word bush. Uh, it's, it's easy. I'm, I'm easily amused. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, as I say, uh, Eddie and Henry were pinning out a bushfire on May the 16th. That Oops. was perilously near uh, their land. <laughs> The two split up while attempting to put out the fire, according to authorities. However, it would only be one of the two brothers that would survive that night. The fire quickly um, became out of control as they were working, and Ed informed the firefighters that Henry had disappeared when they arrived to put out the fire. Soon after, his dead body was discovered face down in the marsh. (laughs) Not Mm -hmm. suspicious whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Nothing to see here. Nothing yeah, that's see. a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, that just reminds me of um, just reminds me of the Naked Gun <laughs> when Red, Frank Drebin's just like nothing to see here. Please disperse. And in the background, there's a fireworks factory just blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a bit too much of a coincidence, isn't it? Like he starts slagging off his mum, who or yeah. he may or may not be banging. We don't know. We can't confirm. 
and then all of a sudden he's dead. Yeah, there's a there's dead. a whole whole lot of conveniently um, conveniently placed little instances in that, isn't there? Let's be honest. Uh, but so the police would quickly rule out foul play, despite the rather peculiar conditions in which Henry was discovered. Nobody could believe that little quiet, little timid Eddie was capable of murder, much less the murder of his brother. Uh, asphyxiation would eventually be listed as the cause of death by the county coroner. With his dad and his brother dead, Eddie's mother was the only one who was still alive, and she was the only person that Ed really needed. But that also would uh, eventually change. And that's because after experiencing several strokes, Augusta would pass away on December the 29th, 1945. Her passing would shake Eddie to his foundations. In his book, Deviant, Harold Schechter claimed that Eddie had, quote, lost his only friend and one true love, and he was absolutely alone in the world. And this is where, this is where things go quite south, shall we say, for, for Ed Gein. I mean, yeah, they, up they until weren't this great point, already, They've been totally but... normal. I did say they weren't great already, but now they're going to get worse. Hold on to your butts, people. Obviously, if you know the case of Eddie Gein, then I mean, actually hold on to your butts as well, because Ed Gein would probably take that away. from We'll you. take it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Keep your hands and arms feet. inside the car. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, so Eddie felt increasingly lonely, lonely after his mother passed away. He read pulp magazines and anatomy books extensively in his free time. Periodicals about South Sea headhunters, Nazis and shipwrecks um, were all over the rooms he lived in. It's always a good sign when you have periodicals about Nazis sprayed all over your room. I'm a bit sign confused. Well-balanced man. Yeah. What, what, okay. Someone explain to me what a South Sea headhunter is. What does that mean? Am I being dumb? I, I don't. Being dumb. Let's give it a go. Yeah. Have a little look because... I feel like it's three very separate topics that don't really go together. And Nazi should never be one of them. I mean, no. Like, I, I read um, a lot of books. I have loads of books around my house. Most of them about, are about, like, you know, houseplants, crystals. Like, that's the sort of thing I'm into. But immediately, as soon as you chuck Nazis into the midst, like, if I said to you now, Dom, I read a lot of books. I really love reading books about houseplants, <laughs> crystals, Nazis. Immediate red flag. Immediately, you're going. Whoa! Yeah, come on down, Ames. You need you need some better hobbies. <laughs> you're not quite the person I thought you were, Amy. With your and, and two Nazi of those things are completely fine. But one of them, as soon as you mention Nazis, <laughs> you're not going to want to associate so, with that person. Yeah, that is true. So uh, I couldn't find anything about South Sea headhunters. However, I have found an article about headhunting. Quote, headhunting is the practice of hunting a human and collecting the severed head after killing the victim, uh, although sometimes more, more portable body parts such as the ear, the nose, or the scalps are taken as trophies. That is what headhunting is. That definitely feeds into, um, yeah, what we're talking about here. And not what I had in my head, <laughs> yeah. which was that he was just really interested in business and how to steal the best players in the business game from other companies. Because that's what I thought. But what you're saying makes a lot more sense. It, it turns out that Ed Gein is into pyramid schemes. <laughs> He's a South Sea hunter. He just really wanted to sell Avon. He was like, how do I get the best people into this? I, this is where I'm going to make my money. I don't know what South Sea has to do with it, but he really needed to get the best people. 
I love how like shipwrecks is like shipwrecks cool periodicals about shipwrecks. That's 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 normal. I get that. And then it just goes from like normal shipwrecks, Nazis, <laughs> headhunting. Oh, okay. Now we. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Maybe just read a bit of Enid Blyton or something. Cheer yourself yeah. up a bit. Pick even up a Jacqueline Wilson magazine at this point. Yeah, even porn. E- even <laughs> porn, you can you can play off as cheeky, can't you? Like if you walked into his place, exactly, and he's got like honestly quite a lot of porn. Like I'm talking like floor to ceiling stacks of porn. If he's got the right personality, you can be a little bit like you know. Yeah. It's just a bit of porno. It's a cheeky porno. Yeah. Everyone, exactly. everyone loves a bit of porno. Hey, titties. Exactly. You know, you can play it off, but as soon as it's Nazis and headhunting, not so much. There's no coming back from that. Yeah, exactly. So, Eddie, uh, learned about the procedure for shrinking heads, exhuming bodies from graves, and the human body anatomy from his readings. Eddie also liked reading the neighborhood papers. A certain section was a particular favorite, that being, of course, the obituaries section. Naturally. Of course. Um, Eddie would learn about the recent passings of local women through the obituaries. Because he never had the companionship of someone of the other sex other than his mum, he would satisfy his lust by going to cemeteries at night. Uh, He later pledged to authorities that he never had sex with any of the dead bodies. Um, He excavated, quote, they smelled too bad. But he did take particular joy in removing the skin from the bodies and wearing said skin. That's my dude. You've got to find some new some new hobbies. Because that ain't it. Find some other hobbies, please. Oh, a minute ago Ed I made a joke about titties. A minute ago, like literally less than a minute ago I made a joke about titties and now he's wearing them. I, I feel bad. Yeah. Also, like, I'm not saying that one is better than the other here. I just want to make that clear. But he said that he didn't have sex with any of the bodies, any of the bodies, because they smell too bad. But yet, he's fine wearing a skin suit. So surely the smell wasn't great in that sense either. I'm not yeah, saying that one is point. better than the other. I'm just. <laughs> yeah, neither of those things are good. Right. But yeah, you've got a really no. good point there. Like, was he spraying them with maybe a bit of Febreze or something before he put them on? Always make sure he left the house with the Febreze in okay. his in his hip on his on his hip. Yeah. So yes, um, Ed, uh, as I said, he needs to find some hobbies because his, his, his hobbies aren't exactly amazing at the moment. Let's, uh, let's say. Any other hobby, literally anything. <laughs> anything, anything, Fishing. like model trains, just anything. Like, for God's sake, just find something. Warhammer. <laughs> anything you like, just not dismembering humans. Uh, he often fantasized about being a woman because he had... Uh, he was interested in what it was like to have boobs and a vagina, uh, naturally. A young boy, um, he occasionally watched over, visited Eddie's farm on one occasion. Eddie would show him uh, human heads that he kept in his bedroom, uh, the boy would subsequently claim. That's uh, perfect babysitting. Babysitting 101. Show the person you're babysitting the, shun- the, the shrunken heads in your bedroom. God, can you imagine? Like, hey kid, you wanna you wanna that watch some cartoons? Child. Hey, let's eat ice cream for dinner. Hey, hey kid, kid, oh, no. you wanna see a shrunken head? Because I've got one. <laughs> this is gonna be great. 
definitely not going to fuck you up at a later date. Don't worry about it. Come and look at this head. <laughs> that poor child, man. <laughs> you was like, I just want to watch cartoons. Well, I don't want to see your shrunken heads. <laughs> oh, what? Put Tom and, and Jerry on the TV, well. please. Why would you keep them in your bedroom? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know what an appropriate room is to keep them like, in, but not the bedroom. It's bad enough when I have a pile of clothes on my chair that looks like a demon. Like, I can't imagine having a room <laughs> full of shrunken heads. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, in the bedroom, you're not taking everyone up there. Do you know what I mean? I mean, supposedly, Ed Gain wasn't taking anyone up there. Yeah. But you're not showing, like, everyone your bedroom. So if you're proud of your shrunken heads to the extent that you want to show them to the kid that your baby's in, then surely you'd put them in the lounge, pop them in the living room, make yeah. them a conversation <laughs> yeah, piece. exactly. Exactly. I just... I don't know if I should find it funny or not, but I just find it a bit bizarre that that Ed was Ed was like I don't know how old this kid was, but Ed was like, you know what, the kid's a little bit bored. I know what to do. I could put on cartoons, but I'm not going to do that. I could get a board game out, some snakes and ladders. I'm not going to do that. You know what I should do? I should take this boy upstairs to the bedroom, which is problematic enough. You're taking this little kid up to your bedroom. <laughs> And I'm also going to show him the shrunken heads because that's not going to mentally scar this poor child. At least it was an actual <laughs> shrunken head and not his shrunken head. Eh? You know uh, what I'm saying. Uh, uh, that's true. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I don't know which is worse, to be honest. But Oh, Ed. When the little boy informed others about his encounter, they would swiftly discount it as a product of his imagination. Two more young men later paid a visit to Ed Gein's property, which led to the boys' vindication, because they had also seen the preserved heads of women, but as did, dismissed them as odd Halloween outfits. You're whipping them out for anyone. Just stop showing people your shrunk. Like, don't show people stuff that could later implicate you. Just, just don't. God's sake, Ed Tips Gein. for serial killers, part Terrible 13. Murderer. Don't Tips show people things that could implicate you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> How Stay to creepy. With, your <laughs> with Horror House. Um, no one paid attention to the rumors until Benice Warden would vanish a few years later. In fact, Eddie would frequently respond to jokes about having shrunken heads with a sly smirk or a mention of having them in his room. Nobody believed Ed Gein to be telling the truth, or perhaps they just didn't want to accept that it was true. Um, police in Wisconsin, started to detect an uptick in missing persons cases in the late 1940s and 1950s. Uh, police were especially perplexed by four incidents. The first included uh, Georgia Weckler, an eight-year-old girl who vanished on May the 1st, 1947, on her way home from school. Uh, in an effort to find the young girl, hundreds of locals and police officers combed a 10-square-mile area near Jefferson, Wisconsin. However, sadly, Georgia would never be seen or heard from again. Six years later, in La Crosse, Wisconsin, another girl would vanish. Evelyn Hartley, a 15-year-old, was babysitting when she disappeared. Evelyn's father repeatedly tried to phone the girl at the house that she was babysitting, and there was no answer. Uh, the girl's father drove over to where she was babysitting um, out of concern. All the windows and doors of the house were locked when he attempted to enter, except for one, the basement window in the back of the house. It was at that window where he discovered bloodstains. 
petrified, he entered the house and discovered signs of a struggle. Obviously, he uh, would contact the police immediately. Further signs of a fight were discovered by the police when they arrived at the home, including blood trails on the lawn going away from the house, a bloody handprint on an adjacent house, footprints, and the girl's other shoe on the basement floor. There was a regional search. However, Evelyn would never be found. Uh, Before going out to hunt deer in Plainfield uh, in November 1952, two men would stop for a drink at a saloon. Ray uh, Burgess and Victor Travis stayed at the bar for a while before deciding to leave. And the two men and their car would vanish without a trace and there would be no sign of them despite an extensive search. A Plainfield tavern owner named Mary Hogan um, would vanish from her place of business during the winter of 1954. Uh, Blood that was found on the floor, which trailed into the parking lot, raised suspicions among the police about possible foul play. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) That was a lot (laughs) for my poor throat. Where did I even get to? (laughs) I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I held in that cough for so long because I was like, I want to get to the Just break let it go. before let it I free. start to splutter. <laughs> uh, moreover, police found an empty bullet cartridge on the ground. Uh, Mary and the four missing people had no remains and nothing in the way of re- uh, relevant evidence. So police could only hypothesize as to what may have happened to them. The only consistent thread was that all of the disappearances occurred in or close to Plainfield, Wisconsin. And I think now is the perfect time for a quick break for you and for you to hear from some other amazing creators. Amy, what do you think, my lovely? Yeah, definitely. That's a lot to process and I'm going to go process that in the break. Uh, That is a good idea. I think that's what I'm going to do too. Uh, So we shall see you back here in just a few minutes. Hey you. Yeah, you. The one hearing us right now. Welcome to Cryptic Soup. I'm Thena. And I'm Kylie. We wanted to say hey and tell you about our podcast. It's a podcast we both host where we talk crimes, cryptids, murders, and a lot of wild stuff in between. You can find Mothman, Jeffrey Dahmer, SeaWorld, Spectrophilia, Casey Anthony, or even Skinwalker Ranch to be just a few of the crazy topics we cover. We even do some fun urban legends to make you feel like a kid at the campfire again. We're just two best friends hanging out, diving into all the things that your coworkers think you're a weirdo for wanting to talk about. We have a new episode every Tuesday at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we're always open for case suggestions. Our Instagram is at CrypticSuitPod, where our DMs are always open, so slide on in. We always want to hear your opinions about any cases and episodes we cover. You can find our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most podcasting platforms. At Cryptic Soup Pod, the menu is always overflowing with crazy topics you'll want to hear about. So join the conversation today and come hang out with us. Stay tuned. Because you're only given a little spark of madness. And here at the Film Spark Podcast, we aim to keep that spark alive. Hi, I'm Ebony, the host of the Film Spark Podcast, and here is where you can find anything and everything movies. So grab your popcorn and join us on this journey that is the Film Spark Podcast. Give us a shot. Follow us on Spotify, Apple, Good Pods, and more, or follow the socials at film underscore spark underscore pod. 
you know what? Just follow us on everything. Check out the link tree. Linktr.ee forward slash filmsparkpod. Find us, follow us, give us a shout. We always want to hear from you. Welcome back, everyone, um, to the second part of today's episode. So on November the 17th, 1957, after the discovery of Bernice Warden's headless corpse and other gruesome artifacts in Eddie's house, police began a exhaustive exhaustive search of the remaining parts of the farm and the surrounding land. Uh, Searching the house, authorities would find some of the following items. And I'm not going to list everything because there's there's a lot. (laughs) I'm just going to I'm just going to name a few. You can very easily Google search Ed Gein and find a whole like damn list just dedicated to things that were discovered in his house. But I'm going to just pick a pick a few. So the following was found. A wastebasket made of human skin, a corset made from a female torso, skin from shoulder to waist, a belt made from female human nipples, nine vulva in a shoebox, uh, straight up Bernice Warden's entire head in a burlap sack. And there's... There's a lot more. There's a whole lot more, but that's just that's just a few. I need to just make two what points. The, the first point is how proud of myself I am for not laughing when <laughs> you said nipples or over, and still not laughing I, I now. I was expecting a laugh. I'm, I held it in because this is serious business. You, you did but good. also, the second point, point number two, you've kind of got to admire the craftsmanship. I wouldn't even know where I to mean, start. I'm I'm literally a taxidermist. I, I I'm a trained taxidermist. I can stuff an animal and and preserve it and and make it look lifelike. And I still wouldn't know how to go about skinning a human and making a waste paper basket out of the skin. I've got no idea. But he's he knows how to do that. He's made a belt out of nipples. Yeah. I don't know how to do that. That's quite impressive. I mean, like, obviously it's not impressive. Lamp- it's horrific, but it's also kind of impressive. Obviously, it's it's gruesome, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, he managed to make a, a lamp shade out of human skin. Like, okay, I, yeah. I mean, I, that's pretty impressive. That's that's. Well, gross, he's got mad skills. At the same time, pretty impressive. He's got mad skills. Obviously, don't do it. Mad skills. Obviously, that goes without saying. Yes. Don't collect revolvers. That's weird. Yeah, don't. But I mean, <laughs> kind of impressive. Do not look at your nipples or someone else's nipples and think maybe I should make a belt out of them. Don't do that. Just don't. Do yeah, that. I'm quite curious to see the belt. I wonder if there's a picture available of the belt. You could have a normal belt with like nipples as decoration or you could have, do you remember like those, you probably don't, you're not a girl, but there were those belts like in sort of like the early 2000s that were like linked together. They were loads of circles and they were like linked together and you sort of wore them like low down on your low yeah, rise I, I, jeans oh my god i can yeah, see it oh my god it's horrific never google okay ed gain ed gain <laughs> nipple belt it's it's terrible don't do it i've made a mistake <laughs> no nope. i didn't think that you had... <laughs> don't do it okay. that's i'm um, never getting that image out of my mind oh dear <laughs> i might cry <laughs> i'm not i'm not gonna cry i'm fine but <laughs> Don't Google it. It's not. It's not a good. You, nobody needs to see it. If Amy is, if Amy is being like, don't Google this. Don't because even Amy's like, yeah, don't do it. I will repeat. I got animals and don't even bat an eyelid. It's fine. I'm, I'm not squeamish. <laughs> don't Google Ed Gain nipple belt. It's not. It's not fun. <laughs> I regret my choices. 
Um, so Eddie was being questioned by detectives at the Watu- Watoma, Watoma, I think, uh, county jailhouse while work on the farmsteads excavations got underway. Uh, Gein initially refused to confess to any of the murders, naturally. Uh, yet after more than a day of being silent, he would start to recount the horrific details of how he killed Miss Warden and how he came to possess the body parts that were discovered um, in his home. Uh, Gein had trouble recalling every detail since, according to him, he had been confused before and during the murder. Yet he remembers hauling uh, Miss Warden's body to his Ford pickup, stealing the till from the shop and transporting both back to his residence. He couldn't recall shooting her in the head with a 22 caliber gun, which was later determined by an autopsy to be the cause of her demise. He claimed that he had stolen the additional body parts from nearby graves when questioned about their origin after being found in his home. Apart from Miss Warden, Eddie adamantly denied murdering murdering any of the individuals whose corpses were discovered in his home. Don't know how that's going to stand up, really. (laughs) To be honest, there are many body parts in your home. (laughs) Yeah, I just don't know if that's, if it is better. Like, if you're looking around, you're like, there's a waste paper basket made of human flesh. There's some bowls made out of skulls. There's a lampshade with a, I don't know, foreskin on it. Like, if you're doing that, but then you're like, hey, it could be worse. I didn't kill him. It's fine. I just happened across yeah. the corpses. I don't know if that's better. Yeah. I mean, yeah, nothing is I making this situation better, <laughs> obviously. But, yeah. Maybe there's an outside chance that he didn't murder anyone else apart from Benice Warden. I just love the fact that, like, all of this was found in his home. And still, he's like, oh, yeah, I didn't kill those other people. Just ignore the 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 bowl made out of someone's skull just ignore the whole all the vulvas in the box just ignore you know all of this other stuff it wasn't me wait hang on a minute so sorry let me let me just clear this up just so that i can get my head around it what we're saying is that he only killed Bernice and everything Mm -hmm. else he got from robbing graves is that right i believe so i believe that's the the line that he's going with it's interesting isn't it (laughs) so he He's digging them pretty fresh. Like yeah. he's, you know, he's going at least less than a couple of days in the ground to get those bodies because, well, yeah. Otherwise, you're going to have like discoloration. You're going to have you're going to have all sorts. I'm not buying it. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying it, Eddie. Yeah, neither am I. <laughs> it might be because after being questioned for days, he would eventually confess to killing Mary Hogan. He re- reiterated that he was in a disoriented state when the murder occurred and that he was unable to recall any of or unable to recall all of the specifics of what occurred his only recollection was that he had unintentionally shot her. unintentionally <laughs> least shocking confession <laughs> ever <laughs> oh do, do you know what just, all right just, you got me i did kill him soz <laughs> yeah we know yeah. <laughs> everyone knows it's fine i mean it's not fine but we know so you're just catching up with us here that's I, what's happening yeah yeah i love how he's he eventually confessed to to killing mary hogan but yet at the same time his only recollection was that he had unintentionally shot her it's like oh no no i, <laughs> I the gun killed her the gun just went off it, it just went off just just, it just went and yeah, I don't mess. remember any details of this murder whatsoever. The only detail I do remember is that it was an accident. 
<laughs> Wink. <laughs> Am I right? Uh, Whoopsie. Yeah. Butterfingers. <laughs> Throughout the protracted grilling, Eddie exhibited no emotion or evidence of regret. He spoke quite a matter-of-factly, at times even joyfully, when describing the killings and his grave-robbing exploits. He would have no idea of how serious his offences were, or he just didn't really give a fuck. Um, I'm feeling probably the latter is right on that one. I don't know. I think his brain's broken, let's be honest. So it could be a combination of the two. That's true. A A bit from column A, a little bit from column B. Gein's sanity was questioned, <laughs> shockingly so, uh, and it was suggested that he enter a not guilty plea during the trial on grounds of insanity. Uh, Gein was subjected to a series of psychological exams, the results of which revealed that he was, in fact, emotionally damaged. Uh, in their interviews with him, psychologists and psychiatrists said that he was a schizophrenic and a, quote, sexual psychopath. We We do... We do get just a just a few sexual psychopaths on this on this show. Just just a few. That's not a very nice way to talk about me. Oh <laughs> uh, dear. I knew that was something different about you. I mean, I know that you're a sexual psychopath, but let's be honest. It's all right. <laughs> it's fine. Just to clarify, not in the same way that a gain is. Like that's a gain gain whatever. <laughs> it's it's very different. Yeah, Gein's... My sexual deviance like... is very different to his, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie is a sexual psychopath in a problematic way. Amy's just a horny motherfucker. <laughs> and when my mum inevitably listens to this, hi, mum. <laughs> oh, dear. That's fine. You'll probably get me back with something that my mum will listen to. So then I'll have to be like, hi, mum. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure I said something about you being pro boner at the start of this episode. So, you know, we'll call it oh, even. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Hi, Mum. Let's be honest, no one's parents are particularly proud right now. (laughs) His unhealthily close bond with his mother and upbringing were blamed for his condition. Uh, Gein appeared to struggle with his natural sexual attraction to women, his contradictory thoughts about them, and the abnormal views his mother had instilled in him. The extreme love-hate sensation he had for women turned into a full-blown psychosis over time. Uh, investigators kept searching the area surrounding Eddie's farm as he underwent additional questioning and psychiatric examinations. The bodies of 10 more women were found within Eddie's farmhouse by the police. Oh dear. That's a lot, isn't it? It's double digits. Yeah. Um, Eddie insisted that the eight women's remaining body parts came from nearby cemeteries, but police were understandably uh, doubtful. They thought there was a good chance that the remains belonged to the woman Eddie may have killed. Examining the graves that Eddie claimed he had plundered was the only way authorities could determine whether the, re- the remnants originated from women's corpses. Um, police were finally given permission to excavate the graves of the woman Eddie claimed to have desecrated following significant debate regarding the propriety of doing so. And every coffin had the obvious evidence of manipulation. Ah, uh, Eddie. Sloppy. I just don't... I don't know. In a way, I'm kind of glad that he hadn't killed more people. But then, I don't know, desecrating their corpses is pretty bad as well. But on the old crime scale, he's not exactly mm-hmm. doing great, is he? No. <laughs> no, he's not. He he is not. Um, He's filling up the bingo card at this point. 
What a horrific bingo card. <laughs> Rob the Grave, bingo. Fuck your mum, fourth house. Uh, oh, God. Uh, um, Eddie's property would later yield yet another finding, which would once more raise the question of whether Eddie did commit a third murder. Uh, police would discover human remains on uh, the pro- property on November the 29th, and it was suspected that the body was that of Victor Travis, who had disappeared years earlier. A crime lab was called right away to examine the remains, and uh, the laboratory results revealed that the body was, in fact, that of a middle-aged woman rather than a man. So, yeah, not Victor Travis. Uh, The information um, concerning what was discovered on Ed Gein's farm was quickly shared after detectives made it public. Journalists from all around the world descended on the Wisconsin village of Plainfield, and Eddie Gein attained a celebrity-like status, and the town would gain international recognition. Not, not really what you would want international recognition for. Like some towns are like, yeah, we're we we we're famous for our food, or we're famous for our wine, or we're famous for our architecture. Plainfield's just like, yeah, we're famous because someone dug up bodies and. <laughs> Stored them yeah, in his house I mean, it's and not ideal, is it? It's like when you're driving yeah. through the countryside over <laughs> here. In the UK, we have like this thing called like Village of the Year or Town of the Year, where there'll be like flower displays and it'll just be a, like a really pretty place. And like you'll go through this village and there's absolutely stunning, you know, flower beds and it's really beautiful. I can just imagine on the sign for <laughs> Plainfield, there's just like Home of Ed Gein. <laughs> like. Nothing else. <laughs> Home of Ed Gein. <laughs> USA's largest exporter of human skin trades. <laughs> um, so people were understandably horrified by the crimes that were committed on Ed Gein's farm, but they were also drawn to them. Worldwide psychologists made an effort to understand what made Eddie tick. He rose to fame in the 1950s as one of the most well-known examples of um, necrophilia transvestism and fetishism uh, that had been formally documented. Residents back in Plainfield had to put up with a barrage of reporters asking them numerous questions about Ed Gein, uh, except from the fact that he was a touch odd, had a quirky grin and a little bit of a different sense of humour. Most locals who knew Eddie had nothing but positive things to say about the man. (laughs) I can just imagine, like, the (laughs) The reporter asking, like, this, I don't know, Doris down the road um, about Ed Gein. And she's just like, oh, Ed? Oh, he's he's fine. He's just a bit goofy, you know? He's just out there being a little goofball. He's just a bit goofy. He's, he's a good man, really. Yeah, I mean, oh, do you know what? Ed, he, yes, all right. He keeps the old head in the fridge and it, there's, there's a heart on the stove <laughs> and, you know, He's got a bag of wilted vaginas, but do you know what? He makes a lovely cup of tea. <laughs> uh, he's really good with the kids as well. <laughs> Shows him shrunken heads. He didn't half know how to put up a shelf. He's fantastic. <laughs> um, so, obviously, the residents had no idea he was capable of such uh, horrific acts, but it was challenging to hide the truth. The small, calm man the community believed they knew was actually a murderer who also desecrated the graves of loved ones. Uh, Gein 
could no longer be tried for first-degree murder after spending 30 days in a psychiatric facility and being determined to be mentally incompetent. Uh, Eddie was therefore committed to the Central State Hospital in Wupin, uh, Wisconsin. Eddie's property and some of his other possessions were put up for auction soon after he was committed to the facility. Hundreds of people converged on the small town to see what items of Eddie's would be put up for sale. His um, car, furniture and musical instruments were some of the items that were put up for auction. Uh, To view Eddie's property, the company in charge of selling Eddie's things intended to collect a 50 cent viewing fee. Um, something that the residents of Plainfield weren't exactly overjoyed with. I get that. But I'll be honest, my morbid curiosity would, would probably pay 50 cents to view the farmhouse. I'm not going to lie. As bad as that is. See, I don't know. I don't know. It's, yeah, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, I wouldn't pay 50 cents see what's going on. But then also there's another part of me that's like, okay, here's my 50 cents. And then you get inside and it's just a farmhouse. Mm, not no, interesting is it you're just in an empty building who cares true like I tr- there's some things um, that are worth selling when it comes to serial killers like or or at least selling admission to see now 50 cents to see the farmhouse which is probably empty has fully been cleaned is essentially just an empty farmhouse not worth it but you say Amy give me 50 cents and I'll show you the nipple belt and I am all over it <laughs> I will pay I mean, 50 cents for that fair. lifetime of trauma. Thank you very much. I can put the 50 cents towards my my psychiatric bills after I've seen said nipple belt. Or give me three seconds of therapy. Thank you. <laughs> um, so the uh, Plainfield Volunteer Fire Department were summoned to Ed's property early on March the 20th, 1958. And that was because Ed's home was on fire. Um, in silent relief, people watched as the house would swiftly burn to the ground. Uh, due to the absence of any issues with the electrical wiring in the home, police assumed that an arsonist was responsible for the fire. After a comprehensive inquiry by authorities, no suspect was ever located. Ed, um, when told of the news of his house burning to the ground, was entirely unbothered and would simply shrug and say, quote, just as well. Do you want to know what bothers me about that whole sort of little segment that you just did there? Is the fact that the people that were asked to attend the scene were volunteers. I'm not being funny, but if I'm volunteering and you go to me, hey, do you know what? There's a fire and it's at a Gein's house. I'd be like, do you know what? I'm not even getting paid. You're all right. I think I'll just pop home. <laughs> Absolutely. I, do, I so just love how like, it's just in touch. It's just like, meh. Well, he's not yeah, using it, it's, is he? It's my house, it's fine. He's not. He's in prison. He's, he's he don't care. There, is he? Doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, so the shades. Would... <laughs> my vulvas. Oh, oh no! Fuck! I was saving those. <laughs> <laughs> you know how, like, when you leave the house and you're like, "Did I leave the stove on?" <laughs> Ed Gein is told of his of his house bedding to the ground, and he's just like. Did I leave the vulvas out or did I put them in the drawer? Do you reckon he was allowed <laughs> to take one? Like, you know, when you go. <laughs> just one. Just one. Like, just when one he went to prison, vulva. he was like, You're now one home comfort. You've got to pick. And he was like, Oh, don't make me pick my favorite vulva. 
That's not fair. <laughs> also, typical oh, man. He's like not even focused on the main part of the vagina. Like, I mean, if you're going to collect something, don't make it those, hun. <laughs> um, so the courts would ultimately conclude that he was competent to stand trial after 10 years in a mental hospital. Um, and his trial would start on November the 7th, 1968. Eddie watched as seven witnesses testified. Several of those who testified were lab technicians who performed the autopsy on Miss Warden, uh, a former deputy sheriff and a former sheriff. With the deck heavily stacked against him, Ed Gein was found guilty of first-degree murder. However, however, because Eddie was found to have been insane at the time of the killing, he was later found not guilty by reason of insanity and acquitted. He was led back to the Central State Hospital for the criminally insane shortly after the trial. Well, that whole event just seemed like a total fucking waste of time. I don't know. I think, feel like I've got quite a controversial opinion on the whole not guilty reason of insanity thing. Okay. Which Fire I'm away. now going to have to tell you because I said that I've got it. Which is, granted, you might be out of your mind. But you're not out of your body. It was still your body that did it. That's, yeah. And that's why that. you're being punished. Okay. You know, it, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a fair point. It's a fair well, point. It is, isn't it? Like, like it's you, you're, no matter, what, no matter what state of mind you're in, it's your physical presence and existence as a human being that has brought about the demise of another human being. And therefore, yeah. You are responsible. Oh, I don't know. I feel like I'm opening yeah. a can of worms. I get your point. So, like, it'll be interesting to see if, like, other people have an opinion as well. If you do have an opinion on the whole not guilty by reason of insanity, don't hesitate to message us or to leave a comment in the Q&A section of the episode on Spotify right at the bottom. Be quite interested to see what responses, actually, that people would give to that. It's very it's, it's such question. a common thing as well. Um, it's a it's sure. a really common thing in serial killer cases that they they like aim to plead not guilty by reason of insanity, yeah. and and that to me isn't yeah. a a get out clause. You know, you should still do no. the time. You should still you know if if the death penalty exists in the state that you're being you know tried in, then you should still get the death penalty even if you are insane because it's your it's your presence, it's your body and your soul and your you know. Granted, your physical mind, if not your, you know, whatever mind, your subconscious, that it has done it. So you should still yeah. be punished. But I appreciate why that might be a bit of a controversial opinion. I can see it from both sides. Um, How diplomatic of you, darling. But I know, right? <laughs> Sorry, right, I'll get lynched. I, I am taking the Swedish or the Swiss role in this, and I'm being neutral. But I'd like I say, people, listeners, you know, if you have an opinion on it, share it me and amy would be very intrigued to to hear what you guys think about the not guilty by reason for insanity plea let us know um, i'm probably wrong because i usually am so tell me why tell me why i'm wrong um so eddie would spend the remainder of his life at the mental hospital where he had a happy and comfortable um life according to author harold Schechter, he was the ideal patient saying i quote this is going to be a big meaty girthy quote so bear with me quote eddie was happy at the hospital happier perhaps than he'd ever been in his life he got along well enough with the other patients though for the most part he kept to himself he was eating three square meals a day 
the news men were struck by how much heavier Eddie looked since his arrest five years before. He continued to be an avid reader. He liked his regular chats with the staff psychologists and enjoyed the handicraft work he was assigned, stone polishing, rug making, and other forms of occupational therapy. He had even developed an an interest in ham radios and had been permitted to use the money he had earned uh, to order an inexpensive receiver. All in all, he was a perfectly amiable, even docile patient, one of the few in the hospital who never required tranquilizing medications to keep his craziness under control. Indeed, apart from certain peculiarities, the disconcerting way he would stare fixedly at nurses or any other female staff members who wandered into his line of vision, it was hard to tell that he was particularly crazy at all. End quote. So that's a bit of an interesting insight mm. into Ed Gein at the mental hospital. Sounds like a pretty cushy yeah. life. I mean, there are um, some alarm. Yeah, there are some alarm bells um, in that quote, such as the disconcerting way he would stare physically at nurses and other female staff members who wandered into his line of vision. That's <laughs> and rug making. I mean, who the hell chooses that as a hobby? <laughs> rug making, fucking hell, Ed Gein, you're off your fucking nut. Calm down, you fucking psycho. Um, but see, this is what I mean, right? Okay, so if he hadn't been... Again, I'm not going to get into a massive debate about it because we haven't got that long and we've already been talking for an hour and a half. But there's this This is the thing. If he hadn't been found not guilty by reason of insanity, he wouldn't have had this life. He wouldn't have had this opportunity to like have what sounds like quite a comfortable life. You know, he, he had hobbies. He had three square meals a day. He was getting fatter because he wasn't... He was eating well and he was having a good life. And even if you take away the fact that he's desecrated graves, then he has still killed people and ended their lives and taken away the opportunity for those people to have a good life and to try rug making if that's what they wanted to do. They haven't got that option anymore. So why should he have it? That This is my argument. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I, I, like it seems unfair. Exactly. Exactly. That he is have like that he's got such a good life while he took away other people's lives. But yeah, that was Ed Gein's life um in in the mental facility. It seemed it seemed pretty nice. I, I don't even eat three square meals a day, for God's sake. I can't remember the last time I had three square meals in a day. I've had one <laughs> today. Uh Gein, according to Superintendent Schubert, was a model patient quote if all of our patients were like him we'd have no trouble at all end quote um a protracted battle with cancer would bring an end to his life on july the 26th 1984 in plainfield cemetery not far from the graves he looted years before and next to his dear full of goodness mother edward theodore Gein would finally be put to rest and that was the case of the Butcher of Plainfield, the inspiration for Norman Bates, Edward Theodore Gein. What did you think of that one, Amy? <laughs> Do you know what? You always ask me these questions at the end of um, one of your episodes, and I'm always a bit like, I can't immediately say the thing that I want to say, which was that I loved it, because you can't love what serial killers do. It's horrific. But I did love it, because in my head, as we're talking through all of these crimes and all of the things that they found, what I'm hearing is the inspiration for for films and for pop culture that I love. Like, 
Psycho is just, it's a masterpiece of cinema. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. And there's, that's just like the, the tip of the iceberg. There are so many films that have drawn inspiration. And again, inspiration is maybe not the right word, but have drawn ideas from Ed Gaines, Gaines I've got to start saying it right, Ed Gaines Crimes. And it's stuff like Silence of the Lambs, like um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's there's just so much. And they're classics of cinema. And it's difficult not to disassociate those two when you're hearing about it. Yeah. And I I get what you mean, because like you you asked me what I think at the end of your cases. And I'm always like, is love the right word? Like, is that the right descriptor? You know, and it's not that I love, so obviously it's not that I love the person that we're talking about because we talk about pieces of shit on this show, like absolute scum. But it sounds really bad, but I love hearing the case and the details yeah. of the case and their early life and what led them to do what they do. So, you know, that's what I love about doing this is researching people and the psychology of mm-hmm. why they do what they do or what makes them turn into the people that they turn into. Yeah, it is. I think it's because we are so far removed from the way that these people's brains work. Ed Gein, he did some stuff that I I will never be able to understand. Like, I'll never be able to put myself in a situation where I think, do you know what? I'd quite like to wear another girl's tit. Obviously, that's never going to happen. Yeah. So it's so far removed that the fact that at the very base, base, base root of me and Ed Gein are both human makes it fascinating. Like, how can two people be yeah. so completely different that he's fine with doing that and I'm not? And I think that's where that yeah. sort of morbid curiosity comes from. And obviously, loads of people have it. Obviously, loads of people want to hear about this stuff because, you know, me and you make this podcast and people listen to this podcast. Hello, listeners. You're here because you love it as much as we do. <laughs> so when we say that we love these cases it's not because we condone what they're doing it's because we have that fascination and we have curiosity as to what drives people to do these things yeah absolutely and leo from spores of horror put it quite well when we were doing when we did the heaven's gate episode which was the first collab i did with leo and steven um if you haven't listened to heaven's gate it's if you want to listen to something fun then go and listen to our episode about Heaven's Gate. Um, he said that he's um, he's fascinated by the human condition. That's what interests me about this: the the why and that and you know the the where and you know those sort of questions. But I hope yeah. that you learned something new because you said that you knew bits and pieces. But I hope that I gave you some new information today, Ames. Absolutely, absolutely. I. Again, if you're a fan of Psycho, of Silence of the Lambs, you, you've probably heard of Ed Gein. But I did not know half of the stuff that he did. It's, it's, he's an interesting character, definitely. Yeah. And I did learn. Yeah, absolutely. That, so um, that is okay. We, as I say, at Horror House, as well as Horrify, we educate. <laughs> we are beacons of information. <laughs> Dean. So, Amy. Would you like to see us out for this week? I'd love to. Thank you, as always, so, so much for listening. Thank you for sharing in our morbid curiosity about these 
interesting human beings because that's all they are really please do support us in any way that you can financially by buying us a coffee buying some merch but if not leave us a comment leave us a like leave us a review there's plenty of ways to do that on plenty of platforms so please do leave us a review we really really value it um reach out to us give us some ideas on what we can cover next um we always appreciate it and we always love the fact that you support us but until next time thank you for listening and stay spooky stay spooky